This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on a Monday, April the 17th, 2023. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, back with you here on the program. It is a Monday, so we're going to get into five questions for the Crimson Tide following a busy week, a busy weekend of Crimson Tide news and Crimson Tide sports. What we do here with five questions is we count down from five to one the questions we have for Alabama sports as we get into another week. We'll start with question number five on this Monday morning. What did we learn from Alabama softball sweep of Mississippi State? Well, first and foremost, we learned that UA can get a shutout from a pitcher not named Montana Fouts. Alex Salter set the stage for the sweep in Game 2, hanging a bagel on the Bulldogs in Starkville. It was a complete Game 3 hitter for the redshirt freshman. Salter had just one strikeout on Saturday, but she also allowed just one walk. And with the win, Salter now has league victories against Tennessee and Mississippi State. With two more wins of her own over the weekend, Montana Fouts has now won six straight SEC starts. That span consisted of Missouri, South Carolina, and Mississippi State, three teams that went into the weekend with a combined SEC record of 10-28. and 28. Now, adding some shine to Alabama's series win over South Carolina a couple weeks ago, was a Gamecock sweep of Texas A&M, a top 25 club in last week's rankings. Otherwise, there are still concerns about this team's ability to score runs. In posting a 7-2 mark over the aforementioned three series, UA scored four runs or less in eight of those games. With pitching leading the way, though, Alabama managed to win six of those contests. And now at 9-6 in the league, Alabama is in a three-way tie for third in the SEC standings. You got an Midweek trip coming up for Patrick Murphy's team to Huntington, West Virginia for games against Liberty and Marshall. An Auburn team with a 9-6 league mark of its own will visit Road Stadium coming up this weekend. Heading to West Virginia midweek might seem odd until you consider that Huntington is a short drive from Grayson, Kentucky, which the hometown of Montana Fouts, who is winding down a historic career in Tuscaloosa. Question number four, has there ever been a more surreal weekend of Alabama baseball? You mean there's been something more surreal than news of a lawsuit being filed against the coaching staff by a former player? Perhaps, but I'll go with these last three days being up there near the top of the list. Oh, and that doesn't include the update from Coach Brad Bohannon on left-handed starting pitcher Grayson Hitt, who sustained an injury while working through a bullpen session last week. As a result, Hit joined Ben Hess in being sidelined for the series against Auburn, which got underway in, well, we'll just say underwhelming fashion. To its credit, Alabama battled back to take the final two games of the series, posting its first SEC series win of the season in the process. The Crimson Tide offense didn't bring back memories of the Gorilla Ball era, 
But Bohannon did get solid starts from pitchers Luke Holman, Garrett McMillan, and Jacob McNary. Meanwhile, Riley Quick and Alton Davis III were very good out of the pen with Davis picking up saves on Saturday and Sunday and Quick getting the win in relief in Sunday's rubber game. All things considered, I can't think of another team and or coach that needed a series win more than UA and Bohannon did. For the first time in a month and a half, both got just that. Up next for Alabama is a Tuesday trip to Regions Field for a non-con matchup with UAB. From there, the Crimson Tide returns to conference play at Missouri where a three-game series with the Tigers awaits. Missouri is coming off a series loss at Texas A&M that saw the Tigers give up a total of 31 runs, including 13 each in the first two games of the weekend. Of course, Auburn had the worst ERA in the league prior to last weekend, and that didn't exactly translate to Runzo-Rama for Alabama. Question number three. What is Alabama getting in four-star commitment? Rico Scott of Bishop McDevitt High School in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. For some in-depth nuggets on Scott's commitment from BOL site publisher Tim Watts, be sure to check our premium message board, The Roundtable. As a junior, Scott caught 66 passes for 1,184 yards and 18 touchdowns during a 13-1 season that culminated in a PIAA Class 4A title for the Crusaders. Scott also carried six times for 77 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 33.5 yards on six kickoff returns. Now, as for Scott's tape, his sub-4-5 speed shows up as much after the catch as it does in the vertical passing game, whether it's on jets, Hitches are bubbles, and there are lots and lots of bubbles, by the way. He turns quick game opportunities into explosive plays. Scott also shows good instincts on extended plays, working back to the quarterback, making himself available. And physicality shows up at times as well, as he looks to be a willing blocker who doesn't mind that aspect of the job. The commitment of Scott gives Alabama five for the 2024 cycle. As May approaches, summer official visits and camps are just around the corner, so expect the number of commitments to go up as well. Question number two. At this point, is there any way to slow expectations for the Alabama run game in 2023? Heck, a better question might be, is there any way to slow down the Justice Haynes hype train for the upcoming season? The early enrollee has obviously made an impression on Nick Saban, who was extremely complimentary of the 2023 signee following Saturday's scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I wouldn't go as far as to start figuring out ways to get guys like Jason McClellan and Roydell Williams reps, but it seems clear that Haynes is going to be extremely difficult to keep off the field. Same could be said for another young back, and Jam Miller, too. It's a great problem to have, especially when you hear Saban connect that position to the physicality, as he's described it, being displayed by the offensive line this spring. You've also got the quarterback position to consider in all that, too. As we've said, since Tommy Reese was hired as offensive coordinator, there will be a place for the quarterbacks in the run game. Is Alabama going to go an academy offense under Tommy Reese? Again, no, it is not, as has previously been the case. Balance will be the goal for Alabama. That said, I'll be very surprised if it isn't more of a run-to-throw approach than it has been over the last five seasons. The personnel strengths and weaknesses on that side of the ball speak to the potential for more of that, more so than even schematic preference. 
Over the course of a season, the sustainability of this team and the other two phases of the game can benefit from an offense that can control games. As for some other ways the approach might impact the offense, well, I'm not expecting 4,000 yards from the passing game in 2023. That's a shocker, right? Still, if the run game is what it sounds like it might be, yards per pass attempt could surpass what it was a season ago when Alabama averaged 8.4 yards per toss. Even with Bryce Young at quarterback, that number hadn't been sub 8.5 since the 2017 season. So, yeah, I'm thinking if the run game is truly that effective, play action off that run game should result in multiple explosive plays for Alabama receivers. Question number one. With the transfer portal window open through the end of the month, how important is the final week of spring drills to Alabama's roster moving forward? You know, I think most guys who are probably considering moving on as an option have already gotten a good enough feel for where they sit that the next three practices probably won't matter much in the decision-making process. Still, coaching staffs are going to do as much as they possibly can to keep guys who might be a year away from rotational status sticking around. That's why having some shoe-in starters sidelined for scrimmage work isn't exactly the worst thing. That scenario benefits not only in the way of player development, but a taste of the two-deep might help keep guys who feel buried at their respective positions believing that opportunities are right around the corner because in a lot of instances, that's actually the case. And really, that's more of the trick these days for Alabama than anything else. It's not as much his top 25 to 30 players or the 25 or so he just brought in in January that Nick Saban has to worry about. It's those players in that 31 to 59 range that constitute the true depth of a football team that seem most likely to make a move. I mean, if you're one of those guys at Alabama, you're going to be a top 25 to 30 guy at a lot of other places, right? When re-recruiting their roster on an annual basis, that's the mindset Saban and his staff are working against. Following A-Day, there will still be a full week of the portal being open. Just the movement of quarterbacks within the SEC will be fascinating to watch. And people wonder why Hugh Freeze isn't close to being ready to commit to one of the guys he inherited at Auburn. With a multitude of SEC options alone likely to populate the portal in the coming days, why would he be? And remember, grad transfers aren't limited to the portal windows. Those guys can enter the portal at any time. Ah, yes. You want to be a college football coach, eh? It's never been a job for those hoping for a month of vacation and a couple of weeks of personal days, and that's never been more true than in 2023. Speaking of transfer portal activity, plenty of that going on with Nate Oates' basketball team. Full coverage of some visits of interest, including one by Wolford forward BJ Mack, is available to you right now at BamaOnline.com. Nate also working to fill out his on-the-floor coaching staff. couple of impressive hires to this point, one from the Division I head coaching ranks and another from the NBA. One more to go to fully replenish the staff. And again, between Tim Watts, Charlie Potter, Hank South, Kirk McNair, and myself, we'll have you covered at BamaOnline.com. And of course, the roundtable is the place to be for all breaking news and conversation about Crimson Tide Sports. So direct yourself there. ASAP. 
you enjoyed the pod, we hope you'll consider subscribing to it if you haven't already. Anywhere you consume pods, you're going to find the Bama Online Podcast. And if you'd leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Travis Ryder, thanking you once again for joining us right here for five questions for the Crimson Tide. Have a great week, and until next time, so long, everybody. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.